it's that time again. Time for the Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. And let's get started and talk Wyoming Cowboy football. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Cowboy Roundtable. I am your host, Jeff Fry. But I, by no means, am uh, the only one here. We've got a couple of uh, famous Wyoming Cowboy fans. We have Doug Friesen coming to us from Arizona, Phoenix. How you doing, Doug? Doing quite all right. Enjoying the fall weather around Sorry, here. Sorry, I don't so know how to help with that. It uh, puts me in the mood for uh, watching some Wyoming football on the patio this weekend. All right. And then Ian McMacken publisher of Go Wild Go, the website, and all the other attending uh, 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 components to that. Uh, welcome, Ian. How you doing? Doing great, Jeff. Uh, getting ready for another eventful weekend. I actually go to the Colorado Cowboys in Colorado event tomorrow here in Denver, um, South Denver, something Jim and Nest has put on and his team. Um, so uh, actually I'll see Cody Tucker, I think there tomorrow, uh, for that event. Cody usually joins us on this. And then of course, heading up to Laramie, getting an early start on Saturday to get up for that very important football game at noon. Oh yeah. Very important. I tell you, um, yeah, Cody, uh, we were hoping that Cody could make it, but apparently he, uh, had, uh, some other engagements. So, uh, uh, you'll get to, uh, talk to him uh you you mentioned jim and nest uh he will be coming on later when i do the uh play the play-by-plays um learfield img finally allowed me to have the dave walsh play-by-play uh parts so uh we'll be playing that a little bit later um as we talk uh about new mexico um well why don't we why don't we get into new mexico while we're at it uh I tell you that was uh, <clears throat> it wasn't uh, it wasn't a great game, but we won. Uh, I mean, Ian, what was your take on it? Well, it was a, I thought it was a very solid win for the Cowboys. Um, I think it could have easily been like a thirty to three game. I think the Cowboys missed a field goal, had a touchdown at the end of the fourth quarter there that could have made that score a little better. Uh, Valaday made a great run at the end zone. Extra effort got in there, but there's a penalty. Forrest is in the field goal. The New Mexico kind of hit us deep on a or on a fourth down and long to kind of make that score. But the key is the Cowboys got the victory. They did it the way Bowles plans on winning football games. That's running the football, you know, rushing the football well, playing solid defense, not making a lot of mistakes, um, just doing what it does to take to win the football game. And I, I think, you know, I've been down this road with the Cowboys before. I think it was a, it was a very solid win for them against a Mount West conference rival. So, well, and the, the, the thing that I took away from it uh, is that uh, Sean uh, Chambers got 60% passing rating um, and uh, they actually hit a couple of tight ends. So, you know, we're seeing a little action there. I thought uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I kind of um, felt like we were in control, and yet as a fan, I kind of felt sometimes like, huh, are we going to lose control or whatever? And I uh, remember sending a note off to somebody um, at halftime saying, we need to stop them three and out on their opening drive, and we need to turn around and score. Then I'm going to have a lot less anxiety going forward in the game because I knew New Mexico came to stuff the box and say, you're going to have to beat us passing because we're going to do everything we can to shut you down running. And we just dominated them enough in enough areas to have control of the game. And sure enough, Right after halftime, we did score and kind of widened the lead and felt a little better. But, yeah, hey, cardiac, cowboys, whatever. You know, I, I do like wins no matter what. Well, you know, I'm looking at the play-by-play uh, -play here, uh, official play-by-play -play sheet, and I don't see one three and out for Wyoming, which is pretty good. I mean, you know, they had like a couple of drives of five, drives there's a six drive in there but most of them were uh fairly long drives of course they didn't all uh, end up in touchdowns but uh 
that three and out business can really kill you, especially when you start off on the first down and you get uh, one yard or negative yards and then you're in a hole. So uh, that was uh, really pleasing. I think their running game worked well. Well, the Cowboys were able to convert on some passing uh, completions, which I think helped their situation uh, to extend some drives. I mentioned a couple weeks ago, this team's not going to throw the football a lot, but they need to get around 60% in throwing because if they do uh, 60%, it's going to extend some drives and allow to milk the clock at the running game. And as as I watched the third quarter, I was pretty amazed how quick that uh, third quarter started. uh, The clock started moving. He looked up and all of a sudden there's like four minutes left on the clock. So exactly the way Bull wants to do it. But the Cowboys, if they just can stay around about that 60% in the pass, uh, they had a couple more pass plays that could have been executed a little bit better, but I think they're getting a little bit better in that area. And if they can do that, they're going to make it more difficult on their opponents because if they continue to rush the football well and then able to convert on, you know, on some of these pass attempts uh, to extend drives. By the way, Wyoming is one of the top teams in the country, in the top 20, I believe, in average yard per pass completion so it's not like they're you know they're actually getting some decent gains on the pass plays when they do complete them yeah they um uh harsh that uh pass to harshman was a thing of beauty it uh, was he feathered that thing in there and uh we had a couple of other really good uh pass completions of course there's a couple of drops a couple of misses but you know 60 percent uh you know uh, i don't think uh i don't think Josh Allen was much beyond that usually uh, in his career, right? I don't really, um, I can't remember the exact statistics with Allen and stuff, but, you know, um, I think some of the observations are going to be that Josh Allen's numbers could have been so much better if he'd have had receivers that didn't drop passes, you know, and um, so you get into that a little bit, but uh, what I like seeing with um chambers getting that 60 percent is we also ran a couple of real nicely called plays that put him in a great position to have to use the touch instead of you know it's got to be bang 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 or i'm going to get sacked um and you know we saw josh allen able to do that a lot yeah yeah and uh oh i think there's a lot of upside on chambers he's a he is a really good um uh, really good football player, and he's going to get Sorry, better and better. I'm not sure how to help with that. <laughs> uh, does somebody have their Siri on? Uh, she keeps trying to get in here. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Oh, well. If Siri wants to join. Siri can join, I guess. Um, well, I tell you what. Why don't we uh, take a few minutes out? Uh, and I did a play-by-play, and I did also talk with Jim at the game and after the game, so... Uh, Why don't we take this uh, time right now to listen to the play-by-play. The Wyoming Cowboys hosted the Lobos of the University of New Mexico on Saturday, October 19th in War Memorial Stadium. The two and four Lobos came into Laramie hoping to win their first Mountain West game of the season. The Cowboys came into the game four and two and two and one in the conference. The Cowboys got on the scoreboard first following a fumble by the Lobo running back Bryson Carroll, on the New Mexico 37. Wyoming's Elise Gandy recovered the ball and returned to the New Mexico 36-yard line. The voice of the Cowboys, Dave Walsh, calls the play. Aaron Molina splits out to the left side. Jordan Cress wide right, but the handoff goes to Carroll again. He's got some room again. Left side this time, but he puts the ball on the ground, and the Cowboys say they have that fumble. The Cowboys took three plays to get the ball to the New Mexico one-yard line. Wyoming redshirt freshman quarterback Sean Chambers ran it in from the one-yard line for the score. Ten seconds remaining up under center. Chambers takes the snap, going to keep it himself, and he just walks on in the end zone. Untouched. Touchdown, Cowboys. Following the extra point, the score stood at Wyoming 7, New Mexico nothing, with four seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. The scoring drive took four plays and covered 36 yards. Neither the Cowboys or the Lobos managed to score in the second quarter, 
leading the score Wyoming 7, New Mexico 0 at the half. Jim Anest talked to the Cowboy Roundtable at the half. Well, it's halftime with uh, Wyoming uh, hosting New Mexico, and on the scene is uh, Jim Anest. Jim, you're there at War Memorial. Uh, what do you think of that first half? Well, Jeff, in a lot of ways, it's similar to the game we had here two years ago against the Lobos, where we kept the Lobos uh, without scoring in the first half. Biggest difference, though, this year is that uh, this year we only had the one touchdown where a couple years ago we had 42 points at half. So it just seems like the offense is just not getting untracked. Uh, actually, Sean Chambers is throwing the ball pretty well today. Uh, you know, X uh, Valaday is just seems like one shoestring away from breaking it open. So our offense just hasn't gotten untracked yet, but. Uh, Certainly the defense is uh, really playing very well today. Well, I guess uh, we miss um, uh, Eric and a couple of the other guys. I guess we're uh, crumbs in today, and uh, uh, the line is not quite uh, the starting line that we had earlier, so that might be a factor. Well, it certainly is. You can see that we're really missing the big number 69, Aboje. Uh, you know, that uh, side of the line is having its difficulty here today. So uh, hopefully we get something untracked here. It just seems like uh, we're just a little bit away from breaking one open. We've had a couple plays that look like might be game changers with the interception there at the end that was uh, called back as the holding penalty. And earlier where there looked like we had uh, scored on a fumble recovery where the New Mexico player was clearly down. But I have to do. I have to tell you that the touchdown fake was as good a fake as I've seen here in the stadium. You know, following the Cowboys all this year, it was kind of interesting. Uh, uh, basically, the entire Mexico team was faked out on that, and uh, and Sean just ran the ball in totally untouched. And uh, uh, looking at the Lobos defensive end, he was still trying to find where the ball was in the pile. Well, it uh, from the TV stand standpoint, it looked like a stroll in the park. You just waited a second and then just stepped over the line. It was pretty easy. Yeah, no, it was a really, really nicely run. But, you know, we're going to need to do some more of that in the second half because, you know, we always talk about this. You hate to have a team that's down like this, like New Mexico is, and leave them hanging around. Uh, you know, all you're doing is boasting their confidence and uh, certainly don't want to do that. So hopefully the Cowboys can come out here in the second half and score early and hopefully score often. Well, I was really encouraged. Uh, they didn't start off with an A-gap uh, run. They they came out passing and it uh, uh, looked like that the offense is uh, a little more creative this week. Yeah, you did see some nice wrinkles in the offense, a couple of little uh, quick plays and I think at one point, uh, Chambers was uh, 7 for 9. I'm not sure exactly what his halftime percentage is, but it appears for the year it has to be one of his better days here as a Cowboy. He had a couple of passes that uh, were over the heads of their players, but they have been using the um, uh, tight ends. They've got at least two passes out to the tight ends. Definitely that was good to see. And, uh, you know, it just seems like we're just not – gotten untracked yet, but like I said, it's, uh, I think Valaday will break one open. Uh, hopefully it happens here soon in the third quarter because, like I said, you certainly don't want to give this Lobo team anything to think we're going to actually win this game here in Laramie. We're going to have to score. Well, now the Lobos get the ball uh, to start the third, so if we can shut them down, uh, that would be very useful, and then uh, let's see if we can get this Wyoming offense rolling. better than I do at halftime, but I would uh, suspect that the Lobos uh, running game has to be, you know, 40 or 50 yards at best, so the Wyoming defense has played very well. Yeah, Lobos have had a couple of uh, nice passes there, but uh, uh, not many, and uh, they're kind of like Wyoming. They like to they like to run, it looks like, so uh, hopefully uh, we can break loose and uh, We'll just have to see uh, what the Cowboys can do. Well, it's a, it's a nice crowd here today. I would expect we're in probably at twenty-three to 24,000. Uh, it's a 
bit cool here. Uh, the, it's cloudy and the sun is you know, clearly not going to show up here in the second half. So but it's a real nice crowd. It's a good crowd for homecoming. Uh, so, you know, hopefully the Cowboys, you know, send us all home happy today. Well, uh, let's, here's hoping for a good result. And I want to thank you for taking your time out at halftime to talk to us. And uh, let's see if we can get together after the game. The Cowboys got in position for their second score of the game on a 40-yard run by Sean Chambers to the New Mexico 11-yard line. Out of the shotgun, Chambers wants to throw. Now steps up, wants to run. He's got it tucked, and he's got a first down and more. There goes Chambers. He's to the 20, tackled from behind, and down at the 10. Three pays later, sophomore running back Xavier Valade ran for three yards for the Cowboys' second touchdown. Chambers takes the snap, gives it to Valade. He's right up the middle. Touchdown, Cowboys! Wyoming kicker Cooper Roth missed the extra point, making the score Wyoming 13, New Mexico nothing, with 7 minutes and 31 seconds remaining in the third quarter. The score remained 13 to nothing at the end of the third quarter. The Lobos got on board for the first time with a field goal from Wyoming 8-yard line with 14.55 remaining in the fourth quarter, making the score Wyoming 13, New Mexico 3. Wyoming took 10 plays on the next possession to add a touchdown on 15-yard scoring pass from Chambers to redshirt senior tight end Josh Harshman, making the score Wyoming 20, New Mexico 3, after a Cooper Roth extra point. Wyatt Wheeland into the game. He's on the left side. Now he'll come in motion. He'll fake it to him, and Chambers wants to throw, throws the end zone wide open. This is caught. It's a touchdown, Cowboys. Josh Harshman with the catch and the score. The Lobos added seven more points to their total, following an 11-play drive that covered 55 yards with six minutes and 31 seconds remaining in the game to make the score Wyoming 20, New Mexico 10. The Pokes tacked on three more points with a field goal by Cooper Roth from the New Mexico 36 with 58 seconds remaining in the game. This is going to be a 36-yard attempt for Cooper Roth. Hash mark left. Snap is back. The kick is away. And it is good. The game ended with Wyoming taking their fifth victory of the 2019 campaign 23-10 over New Mexico. Jim Ines was on the scene to discuss the victory. Well, that's the end of the game. Wyoming wins 23-10, and we've got Jim Ines on, on the field or out there at War Memorial. Jim, uh, seems like it was a pretty good finish. It was, Jeff. It was, uh, you know, it was a win that we had to have. We got the win. It wasn't, you know, absolutely the prettiest win, but... You know, the defense played real well, and the offense scored enough points to win. And so, you know, there's nothing wrong with a win and going five and being 5-2 and two at the season. So, uh, you know, we're on track, 5-2. Uh, and two, You know, we're looking at becoming bowl eligible next week. So we're on schedule, and so that's all good news. Well, you know, uh, it seems to me that whenever we get a backup quarterback, they seem to they seem to turn into uh, Aaron Rodgers or something, and this was the case today. They brought in that other kid, and uh, he seemed to have some success. Well, you know, I wasn't quite sure what New Mexico's uh, philosophy was. They clearly, you know, went more run or I'm sorry, more pass in the second half than they did in the first half. Uh, so you you weren't really sure what their you know, their philosophy was going to be for the game. But, uh, you know, Wyoming's defense, you know, played hard, and, uh, you know, that was the difference. They certainly did. It's not flashy, it's not sexy, but they get the job done. So I guess, uh, you know, uh, if you're looking for uh, 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 Alabama-type scores, we're just not going to get it with this team, uh, but they're they're winning. Well, that's for sure. You know, there's nothing wrong with us being 5-2. and two. And hopefully we have a very winnable game again on Saturday. And so, you know, then we're going to hopefully, you know, go into that bye week on November 2nd, uh, get some of our players back and 
be ready for a real tough, tough run, a tough push in November. Yeah, that's uh, really, uh, really the thing. If we can get one against uh, 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 Nevada there and uh, uh, get past them, then get all rested up, uh, then we can go into Boise and uh, hopefully they can do something because uh, that would really be something. taking baby steps, and I think Sean Chambers did that today. I, I, clearly, it was his best passing game this year, and maybe since he's been a starting quarterback in Wyoming. Uh, you know, he seemed like a, a much more comfortable back there, but you know, the kid is truly a real gamer. I, you know, some of his runs and, and his uh, you know, willingness just to, to put himself out there on the line, you know, you got to really admire the kid, and he really is the difference right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, I noticed uh, Sean was limping a little bit at the end of the uh, game, but it didn't look too severe. I guess it's just being banged up. He got caught on that one uh, run, that one long run by the heels, uh, and he really does put himself through the ringer when he uh, plays. You know, I, I would uh, suspect that when you know he thought about that run, like uh, after he broke that last tackle, but I didn't think he probably didn't notice that there was another mobile player closing in on him. I think otherwise he thought that he was in the end zone, and, and uh, you know I'm sure that's not a mistake he's going to make again. Well, you know uh, it all worked out. Uh, Lobos came back a little bit. It wasn't uh, if you bet the under here, uh, or if you uh, uh, bet against the points on the Cowboys, uh, you would have taken some money home, but. Uh, that don't matter. It still says five and two. That's uh, exactly right. And, you know, it, it really puts us in a, in a good position. We still control our destiny. Uh, you know, we, we beat Nevada on Saturday. And, you know, then the crucial game, like it seems now it's every year, is the game against Boise. Yep. You know, we win that game. We then are really in the driver's seat. And it seems like the last few years, and I think that's a, a testament to the maturation of this program where we're getting to the point now where the Boise State game is, is much more than just going up there and playing a game. But in the last few years, it's really been a matter of the winner of that game is going to win the, the division. Yeah, that's true. And so, um, well, I guess we're just uh, going to have to chalk this one up and and uh, uh, be happy about it, and move on to Nevada, and uh, we'll uh, we'll try to get the podcast rolling. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I had a little uh, problem with the podcast, but uh, we'll try to get that rolling, and uh, hopefully we can discuss uh, the Nevada game. Well, I want you to know, Jeff, that you know the stadium was pretty disappointed. Uh, I had a number of people tell me that uh, you know they really uh, missed uh, not being able to listen to the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> red face on my part. I had a switch in the wrong place. Not to get too technical, but yeah, it screwed it up. So that was on me. Anyway, I'm in the, the parking lot right now, and it's it's jammed. Uh, you know, most of the people stayed to the very end, and and uh, right now the traffic coming out of War Memorial Stadium is, is very slow, and so I suspect that I'll be here a little bit. But it sure is nice to be in the warm car right now. <laughs> okay, I guess uh got a little cool there. Uh started off uh what in the low 50 uh well about the mid 40s I guess. And you had some wind. Yeah, I, we had some wind. Actually in the stadium was not too bad. Uh you know the sun, you know, just once it got behind the clouds it just uh, stayed there and it stayed pretty cool. Uh the sun did peak out once uh you know late in the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, we've all been to very miserable and very cold games, and, but this was, was not one of those. It was an enjoyable day, especially whenever the Cowboys win. The Cowboy Roundtable thanks Mr. Dave Walsh, the University of Wyoming, and Learfield IMG for the use of the play-by-play calls of the game. This has been a production of Jackalope Ridge Media. I'm Jeff Fry reporting.
All right. Well, there was a play-by-play, and we want to thank Jim Anest uh, for taking his time out to talk with me at halftime and uh, after the game. Um, as you can see, there wasn't a lot of highlights there, but uh, there was enough to get a 23-10 win. And so I think uh, to wrap up New Mexico, uh, I think it was a solid win, like you guys said. They may not have been the greatest opponent. I think there's a lot of frustration on the board because people are saying, oh, we're, we're, we're beating these guys that aren't that very good, and when we get to Boise or when we get to Utah State, we're not going to be able to handle it. And uh, that's a false thing. I think that I think they can beat Boise. I think they can beat Utah State if they do it right. Well, I don't have any doubt in my mind the Cowboys can compete and play with anybody in this league. And I think, the sure, the Cowboys do have some things they need to get better at. But they're doing a lot of good things right now as a football team. And one of them is not turning the football over and committing a lot of stupid mistakes. And I think that's a very critical element of a good football team. Uh, they're running the football well. They're playing pretty good defense. Um, they're they're playing with emotion. Um, you know, they're just they're doing what it takes to win games. This team could easily be, you know, uh, what seven and oh, eight and oh, or something like that at this point. Um, and it's a, such a young football team right now. I've never seen a Wyoming football team with so many underclassmen on the depth chart in the first and second, and then all the players coming up. So this should be more of a positive attitude about the direction of this football program right now. It's not like we're dealing with a, a senior class of 25 players like Joe Tiller had when he went 10 and two, this is a young team with a freshman quarterback who's still learning his, his way around. And if the Cowboys can get that victory on Saturday against Nevada, they're going to have a bye week. They're going to be six and two and be bowl eligible. And it can make November a really exciting month for, for Wyoming fans, the football program. So I think all the complaining, I, I understand people can be critical and that's part of being a fan, but it's, it seems to be weighted as if this team's uh, two and four right now or two and five right now or three and four. It's not, the, the complaining doesn't seem to match up with the record of being five and two. Yeah. You're, Go ahead. you're exactly right, Ian. We're seven points away in two games from being undefeated right now. You could argue, well, this was the easier half of the schedule. And, you know, uh, uh, a shout out uh, to uh, um, Vanderbilt. They were the total underdog and came back and beat Missouri or just after um, UNLV went to beat Vanderbilt (laughs) after Wyoming had just pasted the tar out of UNLV. You know, so anything can happen in college football and that's what makes Saturday to Saturday exciting. And this is a huge game for the Pokes. And um, because uh, I agree with some of the folks, November is going to be where uh, that's where you show all your cards. Are you, are you there to play or are you not, you know, and sometimes some teams that have had struggles early on, they play better. So beware the, the sheep. I hate to say that. And yeah. Say that S word even, you know, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, look at Wyoming last year. Hey, we were two and six. We came back on at six and six. So last week we played 28 freshmen and sophomores against New Mexico. And we still physically owned the game. And that was a big difference maker with it there. So, so there's a lot of positives to look forward with Cowboy football. I'm sure there's going to be a few times where we might get, um, um disappointed maybe with with um how something's happened and eager for it to get better but um you know that's going to lead perfectly into where we're going with the nevada game here you know what are we looking at with nevada you know they're a four and three team that has not played well in mountain west conference play i mean they their their mountain west victories is they beat san jose at home 41 to 38 um but Utah State handled them well, 36 to 10 at Logan. And um, Hawaii came in and just annihilated them in Reno, 54 to 3. And um, um, Nevada has some adversity going right now. They got a quarterback issue where a quarterback suspended. And um, so they're most likely going to bring on uh, the fellow that started the season. And um, um, played quite a number of games, but you know, this fella has uh, some uh, 
interception to TD ratios to, to deal with. So, you know, it, it's kind of hard to say sometimes exactly what you're going to come across with the team because Nevada's played some good defense at times, but they've also played some absolutely horrible defense. Um, so I'm kind of looking at a game here where um, um, Wyoming needs to show that we can control consistently the lines of scrimmage. And um, that should be a difference maker, just like with the New Mexico game. I, I would pay Nevada at being a little more on the lines of a, of a UNLV statistically than um, um, New Mexico. So a little bit better, actually, with defense. But they have their struggles with offense. And we just need to play a good game and not a Vanderbilt-type game. You well, know, that... when a team that we should beat comes in. Well, um, uh you know, you mentioned the quarterback situation there that Malik Henry yes, um, was on a, a docu-series on Netflix called Last Chance U. It's about a junior college football program down in Independence, uh, Kansas, I think. And, uh, you know, he um, uh, he ended up in that uh, series uh, leaving the program uh he had problems uh, getting along with the coach, and uh, apparently he walked on in, uh, at uh, Nevada, and uh, now he's—I don't know if he's suspended or if he's uh, benched or whatever the situation is—but he's not going to be playing. So, like you said, we're going to get the backup, and backups scare me half to death. But uh, apparently, this guy uh, is not a world beater. But sometimes they turn into. They turn into Brady, these guys, <laughs> these second-string quarterbacks. It drives me nuts. Like the guy from, um, uh, um, oh, which one was it? Uh, Tulsa, you know. You know, he was, just came out of the woodwork. So, who knows? Here's a key little thing that I'm kind of looking at, and that's why I brought up, um, you know, Wyoming needs to dominate in the lines. You look at stuff, and I went to the Mountain West, um, where everybody's rated in the Mountain West, you know, since we've all played, a, what is it, three games or whatever. And um, um, Wyoming leads the Mountain West in sacks. Nevada gets some, but they're about half the rate Wyoming is. Um, Nevada also has to rely a little bit more on passing in their game. Okay, so that's hence probably why the stack, sacks are a little bit higher. But um, CSU is, or I mean, CSU, Nevada is <laughs> tied with CSU for next to last in the Mountain West in sacks allowed. Okay, so I, I think the difference maker could be, which makes our uh, defensive backs be in a better position, is can we get through their line and hassle their quarterback? Oh yeah, and good. and because uh, if we have to force them in, if they get forced into a run game, then lights out. I think Wyoming wins this one significantly. But if they can be effective at passing the ball because we can't get to their quarterback, it could be make for a day that's uh, a lot more competitive than what many fans would like to have. <laughs> You know, somebody said we deserve a blowout. Well, we had our one blowout. We blow the we blew uh, UNLV out. Uh, but yeah, this cardiac cowboy thing is is tough to take. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, what well, so is the... far, I, I, I like the fact that Nevada is statistically one of the worst teams in points allowed. Ah. so <laughs> that, that that bodes well for uh, of course what does it do it gets you all excited as Wyoming fan that we're going to score more than 30 points in a game and win it going away and then watch we end up winning by a little over two touchdowns yeah. <laughs> it won't be good enough well bowl ball bowl ball isn't a high scoring machine anyway I mean he, he likes to grind it out he likes to eat up the clock uh, he's not one of these uh, uh a touchdown a minute kind of operations, you know, he's, he's, uh, he wants to get the ball out of the other team's hand and he wants to take his time getting down the field. So that's just what and that's abs right. Absolutely right. Get that ball out of the other team's hands and there's ways to do it without forcing them to punt it to you. It's called takeaways. And 
Wyoming has the advantage in the takeaways. You know, Nevada's and just in conference play alone is minus three, Wyoming's plus seven. We need to take that significant difference to them and make them put the ball on the ground because that short field is where Wyoming scores more points than yeah, they they're do really off good. of sustained drives. They're really good in the red zone. They have been this year. So get them in the red zone. Uh, they're pretty, uh, pretty golden. Uh, what's the- yeah, I, I tend to agree with uh, – I think a big key of this game is the turnover situation. And as long as the Cowboys don't come out of nowhere and do something that has not been what they've shown this season, start turning the football over, this is really their game to win. And I think this could be the type of game that they force – Nevada into some turnovers as Doug alluded to with the if the Cowboys can get some pressure on that quarterback I think if you get pressure on the quarterback it's going to force Aaron throws and that's when Wyoming usually gets their turnovers um, and they've done a fairly pretty good job getting turnovers though they didn't get a lot against New Mexico but I think New Mexico's coach really focused on a conservative game keeping care of the football not turning it over to Wyoming because that's really what fuels the Cowboys is those turnovers and when they start getting getting turnovers and if they can get that pass rush going on Nevada because Nevada's probably going to throw the ball a lot more than Mexico did and because of that I think there's going to be some opportunities to put the pressure on the quarterback get sacks force turnovers um, I, I just have a hunch Wyoming understands how big this football game is and I know Bulls made an emphasis how big this game is to at least get the bowl eligibility and I would expect the Cowboys to come out and play with a lot of energy uh, on Saturday, I just think they're going to come out with a lot of energy and, and play with kind of the same edge that they did when they played UNLV a couple of weeks ago. Now, what's Las Vegas saying about this game? Anybody know? Well, the line started at 11.5 uh, and then moved all the way up to 15 points, meaning that the, the guys that do the major betting is really favoring Wyoming in this game when the line moves that much. A line dropped back down to 14 today, so it's been a, a point move the other direction. But uh, the Cowboys are, in terms of Las Vegas, is a solid betting situation right now in terms of the line of about 15, 14 points. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, the guys in uh, Las Vegas are not usually too far off. Uh, they don't get they don't get cut with their pants around their ankles too often. So, uh, well, that's I'll give an news. example. Last week against New Mexico, we started off as the seventeen and a half point favorites. We moved all the way up to twenty, and then on game day, it dropped down back down to seventeen point five. And what did the Cowboys end up winning by thirteen? So, a little bit under, but it 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 showed that it the people that were betting on the game that put a lot of money down were favoring New Mexico to cover and at least stay within the 17 points. And that turned out to be true. So hopefully that trend continues for the Cowboys because we, we just want to get a victory here. We just want to get out of here, get to the bye week, be six and two. And if, if we can win by a couple touchdowns, I'll be pretty happy with that actually. Now what's, um, What's uh, Boise doing? Not to look too far ahead, but what is Boise doing? I, I think, didn't they lose to BYU by three or something? Yeah, Boise yeah. has no conference losses. Uh, they lost a very late night contest last week on national TV to BYU by, it really came down to a last possession, last play type of situation. You know, if they could could have extended a drive, maybe they could have drove down for the winning touchdown. But my opinion, Boise doesn't look completely dominating. They're just finding ways to win games right now. And they're going to be off this week, I believe. So they're going to have a bye week this week before they play at San Jose next week. And so the Cowboys will get their bye week leading into Boise State, while Boise State gets their bye week this week leading into San Jose. Yeah. All right. Well, that. Uh, and then we play. Uh, God, I wish I had the schedule in front of me. Uh, when do we play uh, Utah State? Utah State will be the week after Boise. Both those. I'm going to have a hunch here that both of these games are going to be late night ESPN two games going to kick off very late for you jeff out there on the east coast you're probably looking at a 10 o'clock <laughs> kickoff doug's going to get the seven o'clock kickoff i'm going to get the eight but i think those two games the cowboys beat nevada i think both utah state and boise will be on that espn2 
window. And then the following week, uh, we have that Friday night game at Colorado State, another ESPN2 game. And then we finish off with Air Force, a noon game after Thanksgiving. So, All right. Well, that lays out, well, like you said, the, the November is going to be the uh, where the rubber meets the road on this one because we've got the three toughest uh, opponents in the conference, uh, or at least on our side of the conference, uh, in that month. So, wow. Well, uh, I guess uh, we're going to put uh, put our stamp on the Nevada game. And uh, I wanted to ask you, Ian, about recruiting. I guess there's been a lot of good news on the recruiting front. As far as I can see, Wyoming is ahead of the uh, a trend right now with commitments. I don't think I've ever seen Wyoming. The Cowboys right now have 12 commitments and this isn't even November yet. And if you go back in the history of the program, we used to getting one to three commitments, five commitments in really good years during our, you know, the, the Dave Christensen tenure, the Jogelin tenures, but we're up to 12 commitments right now. I think we got two this week from Wyatt Eckler, his, uh, an athlete out of Windsor, Colorado. His uh, brother plays in the NFL for the San Diego Chargers. And then Malik Williams, who was teammates with Moy um, Moy, the, the, the guy from uh, California that obviously had the surfing or whatever it was this summer and passed away, unfortunately. But he, Malik Williams is a teammate of, uh, Moy Moy, and uh, he's coming to Laramie, committed to Wyoming. Um, so the, you know, on paper it looks like a good class. Uh, we got six players from the state of Colorado now have committed, um, and we still have what another 13, 12, 13 scholarships. And I imagine the Cowboys are going to have about 20 signed players in the early signing period, and then they'll finish their recruiting class off in January, but I think the early signing period is like December 22nd. So it's, it's right around that bowl time. But uh, at this point, at least in terms of commitments, the Cowboys look to be way ahead of schedule compared to previous years. Well, now that, uh, to be fair, don't you think that the early signing period influences that a bit? I mean, guys are getting on board uh, uh, now because of that, uh, whereas they could wait till February in the old days. I'm not sure how big of a factor that is because last Wyoming's even ahead of the trend from the previous two early signing periods or even ahead of that trend right now. And I'm not really sure how much of an impact that makes, makes on these players necessarily, because if they think they're going to have an opportunity to go somewhere else, they're going to be willing to skip out on that early signing period. So I think we have to really give, the credit to the, the coaching staff, the momentum of the program, the facility is really, I think, a huge asset to recruiting that Wyoming had not had before. I know that's helped close a lot of deals over the last year or two with, with recruits. So I think there's a lot of other factors in play right now, a lot of momentum going. And, and with that facility, I think that's really gotten Wyoming over the hump with a number of prospects. Well, good, good. I, um, uh, I see that um, Nebraska, we've got at least one from Nebraska. We've got, uh, like you said, several from Colorado, which is, the you know, yeah. we wouldn't have a football team if it wasn't for Colorado. <laughs> yeah, we have two from the state of Nebraska. Uh, we have three from California, six from Colorado, and two from Nebraska at this point. And none from Wyoming, but we also have that that walk-on uh, program situation set up for the Wyoming most of the Wyoming players. Very good. And uh, you were saying, Doug, that uh, you had had a chance to see a uh, a signee or a commitment uh, down there. Yeah, living down here in the valley, I uh, checked out um, um, Davian Hunter, and. Um, um, I just, on a whim, a buddy of mine says, hey, you want to go to a football game? I haven't been to a football game ever here, and I've been here eight years now. And, uh, and so I said, okay, I'll, I'll go to a high school game. And I thought, well, let me look up and see if there's any players with Wyoming offers. There actually end up, it, it was a Chandler High at Basha High, and um, I don't know, 247 Sports or whatever listed a player from Bashes and a couple of players from um, Chandler that had recruiting from Wyoming and uh, Hunter has an offer. And um, 
I was rather impressed watching him. I, I think I said that he looked like he had the quickness and shiftiness of Myron Hardeman in a Brian Hill style body. Mm. The guy's already a solid 200 pounds as a running back. And I mean, he, you don't arm tackle him. If you don't lay across his legs and take him out from underneath him, he's going to stiff arm you aside, juke you, go the other direction, and then turn on the afterburners. Yeah, I was pretty impressed. And um, um, then I come to find out the very next day, his family took their official visit. So it's got a game coming up here in another week, and some Wyoming fans and I, we're going to um, head on over to Hamilton High School and watch him play and try and make ourselves visible, you know, <laughs> just to see if that helps clinch the deal. Yeah, well, you know, that uh, those recruiting rules, uh, you know, I, we have to mention to some of our uh, listeners out there, recruiting rules are pretty strict, so you don't don't be offering them cars or, uh, you know, cash in bags or anything like that. But wearing, a, uh, wearing a, uh, a jersey and cheering for them, I think that would be okay. Yeah, I think you're in the— Tip of the cap. Tip of the cap. You know, I think you're inside yeah, the— yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And we're not that'll SMU be, that'll here. That'll be fun. Well, yeah, that'd be great. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad to see that. Ian, uh, anything else going out there that we need to know about? Well, in terms of recruiting, I think Doug nailed Davy and Hunter. He did visit uh, Laramie last weekend. After, in fact, Doug brought his name up before he even I even knew he was visiting. So Doug was right on top of that prospect, and um, he seems to be a player that Cowboys are very interested in. And he's a player that um, he had a great visit to Laramie, apparently really enjoyed his visit based on his comments. So um, the moment, you know, the Cowboys are going to want to get a couple running backs in each class minimum. Um, we do have some running backs redshirting this year. I think had a lot of potential for next year. And of course, Titus wins. So we've got a pretty deep running back crew. The only guy graduating potentially graduating a Smith, uh, the kid from Louisville, whether he gets a medical red shirt, I don't know how that's going to play out, but Cowboys look like they're uh, starting to add some depth in the running back position. Well, that's good. Uh, the way they get banged up, we need lots of running, uh, good running backs. Uh, this uh, running uh, offense that we have uh, is pretty rough on those guys. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I can see the need for that and, and big Big lineman, big offensive lineman. So, uh, I've never seen a Wyoming football program get hit on the offensive line uh, over the last several years like they've got hit. It just amazes me. And I was just thinking, me and Doug were just talking not too long ago that, you know, Joe Glenn used to go into a season with five offensive linemen, maybe six. And if he would have had any of these type of injuries or Dave Christensen even, you know, I don't know if the Cowboys would have had any offensive linemen remaining. So there is some credit to the Cowboys for developing a lot of depth on the offensive line, but I think it's been helped with because a lot of players have been forced to play and hopefully we can get some guys, you know, get Eric Abajay back for, you know, the stretch run. I'm not even sure what his injury situation is, but to get him back into the mix would, would be huge because he was really – the Wyoming's best offensive lineman and was looking like a first team all mountain West player. So Lesko is, uh, he, uh, Bull said in his press conference that he was going to go under, under the knife. Uh, I don't know what his, uh, prognosis is or his chances of coming back. Uh, well, they sure. still don't know. You're talking about Alonzo Valaquez. Uh, Valaquez, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, they're not sure about him right now. They're going to see how his surgery plays out. Cause he is going under the knife. They're going to see how his surgery plays. Uh, plays out over the next couple weeks and then they can make a decision whether they get him back on the field or if it's going to be over a long more of a long-term situation with him cowboys got logan harris back and he looks like he's going to be ready to go again this weekend um so we do they still got the line offensive linemen there that seem to be playing well so that's good news so uh, keep our fingers crossed there's not any more surprising injuries on the offensive line well um I tell you that uh, that that has been a that has been a problem, but uh, it's 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 been interesting uh, uh, the recruiting. Do we have any guys? This is something that just occurred to me. Do we have any candidates for do, doing that four game um, redshirt deal where you can play a kid for four games and still retain his redshirt? Is there any candidates for that that you see? 
Yeah, as far as I can tell, based on what Coach Bull has said, that there are some candidates, and a couple of the candidates may be those two freshman wide receivers. Now, they may get in there and, you know, they only may use them in certain passing situations and, you know, throwing situations, but they are big receivers that I think can run a little bit. So they might might be like a guy we had a couple of years ago where they, they throw a guy in for a play or two, maybe hit him deep, have a certain play drawn up for those guys. So I do think there's a, there's a few players that have a chance to play and get in there. Um, it's going to be very interesting. It seems like Bowles really trying to hold off from doing too much of that until we hit that, you know, that Boise State, Utah State series type of games where maybe they can start plugging some players in. I find it interesting that the other freshmen running back, because we are a little bit thin at running back, obviously, with a couple of those injuries. Um, the Andrews kid out of St. Louis hasn't been on the field yet, so I might might be looking at him to getting in the mix after the bye week. Yeah, the last four games. Yeah, well, we might see some of those guys. That's uh, That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. I, I also have a thought that... Um... I'm just wondering if uh, Dwayne McNeely could see some time at running back if we um, uh, continue to remain thin. Well, McNeely would be on the field, Doug, this year if oh, it wasn't. He's an academic right. redshirt. That's he right. is, he's a talented running back, and I have, I have right. no doubt that he might be our best running back out of the freshman class. That includes Titus Swin. Um, he's an academic red shirt. The Cowboys were able to get him because he was getting some pretty big time offers and the Cowboys were able to get in there and get on him because of the academic red shirt. So that's going to be a blessing for us next year, hopefully. If he, right. he sticks with it. Yeah. So yeah, we're not going to see him unfortunately, but uh, I think the Andrews kid potentially the other freshman, because there were three freshmen running backs that came in Swin, Andrews and Mick, Neely, all three of them had come in. You know, we were all excited about all three running backs and Titus Winsley, one we've seen to this point. Right. That's right. I totally forgot about McNeely. And the running back from uh, uh, Louisville, is he out for the year? Uh, That's still up in the air. I just got to say, I looked down on the field after the New Mexico game and he was in, I would say he was in a wheelchair, but what's that little thing where you put the leg on and little scooter cart scooter cart. He was on the scooter cart. So I know how confident uh, I would love to see him back. Um, Obviously he'd have to get more condition to get back into the season, but boy, he was looking like he was off going to have a huge year for the Cowboys. Oh yeah. He he, was that run against Idaho was just a tremendous run. And, and he ends up hurting himself in the first, you know, he's ready maybe to go off against Tulsa and he goes down. So that, that was a big blow for the Cowboys. So maybe if, you know, the Cowboys are, likely knock on wood going to be in a bowl game and maybe we'll see him for the bowl game now is is there a chance for a medical red shirt with him or is he too late in his career or played too many games or whatever the situation is yeah i don't know enough about his background what he did at louisville in terms of red shirting to make make that judgment so that would probably be a good question to ask uh, coach bowl um i'm actually going to go to the locker room after the game or the media get together after the game when they interview him following the Nevada game. So that may be a good question to ask some people. Well, I'm going to, Jim's um, volunteering to do um, uh, his uh, press uh, or his uh, halftime comments with me. So maybe we can get you on the phone and uh, you can comment to us after you talk to the coach. Okay. That sounds good. I'll be on my way back to Denver. Um, so that would be, I could definitely do something like that for you. So, well, make sure I get your number so that I can, uh, uh, email me your number and, uh, we'll, well, we'll give Jeff, you a call. You should have my number already. Don't I, you have my I number? probably do, but you know, <laughs> I'll you give know. you a phone call after that. Okay. Yeah. After okay. That sounds good. Cause game uh, press conference. Uh, there you go. Hey, because... Ian, don't give Jeff too bad a time. He's on a roll today. He's got it going. That's right. I got, I got recording going on. I haven't had any <laughs> failures that I know of, and so last. Uh, I'm sorry about that last podcast, man. That blew. Uh, I don't want to bore the audience with the details, but boy, that was a mess. I so, like to blame right. Doug for that, but Doug didn't. Maybe Doug not showing up had something to do with that. So. I, I put too much sunshine on it, I guess. Yeah, right? you know, it, it couldn't stand the heat. Couldn't stand that Arizona <laughs> dry heat. You know, uh, while we're over here in Virginia getting rained on and, and cold, and we're gonna get freeze warnings. I tell you, 
what do they think it is? Is it time for winter here? I don't know. <laughs> but um, hey, I can't help to say this, but Ian, you keep an eye out on that weather and you stay safe going home because I see that uh, there's the winter storm mornings for uh, like six o'clock Saturday night. Oh, great. Yeah, I thought the snow was going to come in on Sunday. That's, That's in Colorado where you live. You've got to remember where you're going. Okay, well, I'm and if it's going to snow, it always snows at some point on game day, just to torment the people that drive to the game. Well, that's right. And, and uh, 57 degrees for kickoff, so I think it's going to be slightly better than New Mexico, slightly better weather for the New Mexico game. And one of the reasons I'm not staying overnight in Laramie uh, after the game is one of the big reasons is because I'm not going to be caught up in any snowstorm on Saturday night or Sunday, so... Yeah, well, that's that's always a um, uh, condition in uh, Laramie, especially starting with this time of the year. You get into November and uh, get close to November and things start getting dicey. Uh, well, we've been uh, lucky to this point. I think the weather's been been good for the first four games. There's a pretty good chance it's going to be decent for game number five. And then, of course, we got that Friday night tilt against Colorado State in a few weeks. So that's going to be a very interesting weather situation keep an eye on after we get through that Utah State Boise game but to this point the weather's been actually pretty good and as uh, Kevin McKinney uh, had a little article on the go why go what uh, not the website but the athletic website that uh, Wyoming is very close to setting the attendance record for a six game season so this has been a very good year for a, a good year for wyoming uh fan support and attendance and it seems like there's been a lot of support this year for the football programs so. well we want to get out there and, and if you're anywhere close and can make it and uh hopefully the weather holds out you got to get to laramie you got to help them get that record support those pokes uh i'm gonna be let's see it's on uh at t sports again right that is correct. Yeah, it'd be another noon. Uh, this one's a noon kickoff versus 1 p.m. last week. So the same announcing crew and Doug will be able to, I think, watch that game. I'm not sure about you, Jeff, but um, yeah, thing about I like about those games is you can come back home. They usually have the replay about three or four times during the course of the week after the game. So that's always nice to watch those again. You can um, you can gain the link to it off of the Mountain West uh, broadcast guide. I think uh, I haven't checked the the GoWyoming.com website, and I'm sure they have their all access and point to a link. But I usually like to go to the Mountain West page and just click on it right there. And you know, it it was a really great stream last week. Got all in in oh, really? 1080 and and saw it very clearly. So so uh, and I and I just checked, and they're saying the snow right now is not supposed to come in till seven o'clock Monday night. So you know, or or Saturday night. So. You might have enough time to to do your post-game show and get out safely before the storm hits. Well, as long as I'm on the road and uh, the, the snow has fallen or whatever, a little bit at that point, as long as I get over the pass, I feel pretty good. Uh, once yeah. I get to Cheyenne, if the snow is okay at that point, it shouldn't be too big of a deal. And um, I think we'll be, I think we're going to be okay with weather on Saturday. So you don't take that uh, death highway, what is that, US 287 there from Laramie to... Fort Collins, uh, that's a that's an I take it on move. occasion. It ah. depends on on type of mood I'm really in, I guess. But to I'll take Al Canyon into 287. I'll do that once in a while. I I take I 80 more often than I do 287. So yeah, well, yeah. If you can get over that summit, I remember uh, a few years ago when New Mexico stayed over in Cheyenne, and they had to have a police escort over the over the summit to get through the snow. And it was funny because, you know, they have those um, cameras, you know, those highway cams up on the summit. And uh, I was, uh, I just happened to look on it and got a screen capture of the, of the New Mexico bus as it crested, as it crested the uh, summit. So I got, I posted that picture on, uh, on your website there. Uh, you know, hey, they're coming. We found them. 
<laughs> and I probably wasn't too far behind him. I remember that situation because I got it was a homecoming game, and that's the game Austin Carter Samuels, I think, was coaching during the or quarterbacking during the Christensen right. era. And, and I was actually got snowed in Cheyenne that night, and I was about ready to head back to Denver to watch the game on TV. And then the uh, miraculously, the roads just opened up. And there's like no win that game. I think Doug remembers that game because I actually remember sitting with you for that football game. There's no wind yeah. in the air. It was very gorgeous out because the snow was just you know, all over Laramie and in the stadium. But it was very, you know, there wasn't any wind at all. And it's amazing when there's no wind. Uh, it really was a good, good game to sit through and watch. It wasn't really that bad. Did we win that game? We did. Yes, we yeah, did. We, okay. Yes, we did. That's why yeah. it seems like it was was. Yeah good because otherwise it had been a nightmare <laughs> that, was, that was the year of the new mexico bowl victory over fresno so yeah. we got i we just, got all eligibility that year okay because i always get uh when i think about some of the storm troubles you know in, in traveling i just think back to that years ago that game with san diego state you know and and uh getting all the way over there and then watching those warm weather guys come in and and uh take it to us in our house so anyway uh, yeah it's good to know that we beat new mexico so well, i can forget about that <laughs> other weather storm you know i always want to get hawaii into laramie in a major snowstorm but i don't think we've uh, at least i've never witnessed that but uh, that's something i'd like to see is to get hawaii in there get a uh, one of those kind of snowstorms you can't see the stands across the other side you know uh, that would be interesting but you know, who knows? Uh, I remember as a freshman, this is going way back in the <clears throat> early 70s, uh, we went into War Memorial and we had like three feet of snow and uh, we made snow fans. We made snowmen sitting on the bent, uh, on the student section, put hats and scarves on them. And so we had, you know, we increased the the attendance maybe by five, six hundred because we're all building these snowmen in the, in, in the student section. So, uh, but anyway, you know, uh, gentlemen, uh, it's getting, uh, getting near my bedtime in the East Coast, you know. So, uh, I think it's about time that, uh, I, uh, do my traditional, uh, you know, end of the, end of the day. Um, uh, there you go. Ah, oh, that's nice. And uh, we can start this. <laughs> so, there we have it. The German band's playing. We'll come to an end of another Cowboy Roundtable podcast. I want to thank you, Doug, for uh, taking your time down there in uh, dry, warm Arizona. And... Uh, Ian, you there? Uh, what's the weather like in Colorado today? Is it? Um, is it? Is well, it the weather yet? was. Uh, it was snowed last night, but the roads were very clear this morning. It was sunny, uh, a little chilly today. It wasn't like super bad, but yeah, it's supposed to be a little bit better tomorrow. But um, it, it was. It was snowy this morning when I woke up. All right, and we're raining, and um, sitting on pins and needles because we have Game Three of the World Series uh, here in. The Washington uh, in Washington here, and uh, I've become kind of a Nats fan over the years. So, um, I'll be... Jeff, you know, I'm a Nationals fan too because I placed a pretty nice, uh, have a nice sum of money on the line if they win the World Series. So, oh, okay, so you got they you... were forty to one odds in July, and if they win it, take forty times a hundred and twenty and tell me what uh, my payout will be. No, oh, you're buying the beer, man. <laughs> I'd love to buy beer for both you guys. I would love to do it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, sounds like a deal. Go Nats. <laughs> yeah. Go Nats. Go Nats. Hey, uh, wait a minute. I shouldn't just be that for a beer. Uh, how many beers, Ian? <laughs> yeah. How many cases like of beer? <laughs> I like to buy. I like to buy beers for folks. You can just ask my friend Scott. I'll buy beers all night if you can. You can take them all night. All right. Well, that's a good thing to know. I'll keep a note on that. Maybe if I can get in the, get in the same uh, uh, area with you, I'll be uh, taking advantage of that. Uh, you know, That'd sounds a, like a plan. Sounds like a plan. All right, gentlemen. Well, what? Let's okay. uh, say our goodbyes, and uh, we'll see you next week 
for another edition of Cowboy Roundtable. There you have it. This is the official sixth podcast for 2019 at the Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. Want to thank Doug Friesen from Phoenix, Arizona, and Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go Why Go, Go, for joining us. The Cowboy Roundtable is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC, all rights reserved.